Hey, man, thanks for coming over. Thanks for inviting me. You know I'm always down for a monster hunt. Come on, I've got the other two guys from the Discord in the party. As soon as you hook up to our Wi-Fi, we're ready to go. Bah! You and your old monster hunter fans and your stable internet connections. Who's that? Oh, don't listen to him. He's an older Monhunt fan that likes to complain. Back in my day, we didn't play with internet. You had to be lucky enough to know the other guy in town with a PSP and hope they would even talk to you. Otherwise, we had to use an ad hoc system. You do fans are so spoiled. Yeah, yeah, times were so tough. And what's with this whole eating in the tent nonsense? Why, when we played, if you didn't eat your meal in town, your quest was screwed. Whoa, Monster Hunter was really like that on PSP? Yes, it was, and we liked it. No, we didn't. We really didn't. Shut up, you whippersnapper. We didn't need damage numbers in my day to know how good we were doing. You millennials are too soft. Wow, your grandpa really does like to complain a lot. Grandpa, are you kidding me? He's my age. Well, then why does he act like he's so old? I'll tell you why. If you ain't playing Monster Hunter hunched over a PSP with your right head deformed into a claw because you didn't have a right analog stick, then you weren't playing. There, I finally connected to the Wi-Fi. Finally, I was tired of hearing old man yells at PSP over there. Wait till you see my new Palico armor. And let me tell you about Palicos. I, I wish we had Palicos back then. So adorable. So badass. Palicos are good kitties. Hey baby, here the game to call in, backlogs growing at a long race. Mercy. And maybe you seem a bit confused, RP gamers. Kev will set you straight. <laughs> but Matt don't know what to do with those saga games or FFA. He's playing again. Neptunia games all over this place. What is a boy to do? Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly RPG feedback show, and we're your bi-weekly nostalgia show. I am your host, Kelly Ryan, and with me is my podcast partner in crime, the Palico to my Powell mute, Mr. Matt Mason. Woo! Get me out of here. I don't know what I'm talking about tonight. Uh, you, you can just kind of sit back and listen and wonder about all the chaos, because that's what <laughs> the game we're talking about tonight is, pure chaos. Um, we are continuing our journey through Monster Hunter March, even though it only has two entries, because we only do this show bi-weekly. Um, we're talking about Monster Hunter Rise tonight, and it wouldn't be a Monster Hunter show without our resident Mon Hun experts. We've got Phil... Phil Willis. Salutations, felicitations, and jubilations. And Michael Wheels Apps. Hello, making wyverns endangered since 2005. And uh, relative Monhun newcomer, Ryan Costa. This, uh, beyond Rise, I've played a total of zero minutes of Monster Hunter. <gasps> <gasps> Newbie. Sacrilege. So this is. This is his first first Monster Hunter. This is my first multiplayer Monster Hunter because I played four, but I mostly played it offline because, you know, I didn't know people that had a 3DS, much less played online. Mm, four was the bomb. 
Yeah, I, I liked four and I, I skipped out. Well, I wanted to play World really bad, but it came out at a bad time. I think like during a WoW expansion or something. So I couldn't touch that one. But well, yeah. Noted okay. World curmudgeon here telling you you didn't miss much. Okay, good. that's good. <laughs> But yes, Monster Hunter Rise, the, the first one on the Nintendo Switch. Aren't you guys excited? Always excited. Yes. yes. I live in a constant state of excitement. This is my excited voice. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, we are going to take a brief musical interlude, um, pop some doggo, and then when, when we come back, we'll get into the hunt. So uh, stick around. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we're diving right into Monster Hunter Rise, released for the Nintendo Switch on March 26, 2021. Uh, so we're like three days shy of the official two-year uh, mark, so um, technically we didn't follow the two-year rule. Don't! <laughs> well, like I say, it's more, eh, of, a guide, more of a guideline, but... <laughs> I'm hey, gonna it's your th- show, you make the rules, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we just we kept some traditions, and that was one of them. And Chris was like, "I can't believe you're doing a backtrack on a game that still has content coming out for it." And it's like, well, it's what everybody wanted to was eager to talk about Rise, so why not? Well, are we talking about Rise? Or are we talking about Sunbreak? Because Sunbreak's what has content coming out for it. Rise is pretty much a done deal. Yeah, we we can mention Sunbreak a little bit. A little um, bit. I, I Sunbreak's don't... a whole new experience. Well, okay, maybe we'll do a separate backtrack for there you go. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Like, so if you're just looking at Rise, it's pretty much a done deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, is my point. I'm not suggesting we talk about Sunbreak. Master level Monster Hunter is kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did not know that. See, I I'm new to the series and I'm learning things. Um, we we also had the Windows version come out on January 12th, 2022, and then uh, PS4, PS5, and Xbox One and Xbox Series X, uh, January 20th, 2023. So, um. I, and uh, as a matter of fact, Ryan is the the newbie here that played the PS5 version. Oh wow! Yep. I, I assume it runs great. It ran pretty well, and uh, we got to see how shiny all the monsters look in nice. high definition and stuff. So, is this the true the first real super multi platform Monster Hunter? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, when it first came out, it was only Switch, and then later on, it came on other things. That's not really a whole lot different than, say, yeah. Monster Hunter World when you think yeah, about it. Yeah, I'd say it. World would be the first. Yeah. World you'd give that title to because it was PC. Well, I think PC came out a little later, but even then, yeah. PlayStation, Xbox, right, like right away. Okay, I didn't know it was an. I thought it was a PS5 only thing. So, um, no, my bad. Uh, well, I mean, I knew there was a PC version. I didn't know that there was an Xbox version. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Xbox version came out 
the same time. But it, it doesn't matter because no, none of us get to play with each other on our, our respective platforms anyway. So, sad yeah, face. Capcom not with the times on cross-platform play yet. <laughs> Unfortunately, but, no. Uh, uh, it could be a limitation with their engine or something. Who knows? To be honest, I think it's uh, server space is the issue. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that keeping up servers to, to hold all four platforms would uh, hold up very, or be, be very cheap, put it that way. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, because I don't really know how the back-end experience for this works. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not It's not like there's any, it's not like it's massively multiplayer. It's at most, right. you're going to have four people connected. So all right. they really need servers for is like matchmaking. Yeah. So I don't know how complex that is, and I don't know. I don't like to to guess too much without knowing. Yeah, more. yeah. No, I, I get you. So, just going back to our our experiences. So, Wheels and Phil, you two are the experts. You guys have been playing since the PSP, am I right? Uh, no, I didn't jump in until uh, Monster Hunter Four. Okay. I did not yeah. do the claw. I did the claw. I clawed. He clawed. He did <laughs> well, claw. I should say I did not claw. Claw so not to derail us briefly, but so the whole thing with the claw was uh, uh you could hold it a certain way so you could like move around and control the camera at the same time. Which to me was stupid because you can just move around with the analog thing on the PSP and just tap like it was either L or R to recenter the camera in front of you when you needed to adjust the view. And that for most instances that worked perfectly fine. So I guess for, I don't know, maybe doing master level Monster Hunter, you needed super precise control, but I never found that necessary. It just seemed really silly to me. <laughs> right. So uh, to say the series has come a long way since the mm-hmm. fall days. Um, now, one thing I wanted to ask, how, how much of an upgrade is this from World? From World? Yeah. Um, I just want to say it's not much, not really in so much an upgrade from World. It's a different upgrade from older Monster Hunter than Monster Hunter World is. Okay. And to people who haven't with, been with the series for a while, it might not be that obvious. Uh, but World's, you know, World. It's a perfectly fine game, and very glad it brought many people into the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it refined lots of things for the series, and also introduced other annoying things to almost nullify all the niceties <laughs> that it did. Uh, whereas Rise really streamlined streamlined a lot of things, and also I want to say kept the gameplay a lot closer to Monster Hunter Four than World is. Yeah, yeah, because I I did play Monster Hunter Four. I didn't get I I only got through about halfway through the game, but I got four vibes from this one. Yeah, as well. So, um, as, especially with the the mounting mechanic that came back. Yeah, I and mean, then that was the big thing. Big thing in four, it added kind of a bit more verticality with just more stuff to climb and the incentive to leap off of ledges and try and jump on top of monsters. And this is kind of the natural evolution of that. We have a built-in tool to zip around and use that verticality a lot more. The wire bug. Yeah. Wire bug. You, 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 Spider-Man does what a spider can. Yeah. Uh, you, if you feel like a spider, you feel like you're constantly just swinging on these uh, wire bugs. Yeah. They're kind of like webs, except they don't need to hang off a building since you're hanging off a bug that's flying in the air for for reasons. Um, 
and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, compared to, you know, compared to World, they're, they're, they're almost kind of two separate experiences. I point out that Rise is faster because partly because of the wire bug. It's also easier as a result because you do have yeah. these instant dodges you never had before, um, plus more offensive options so you can shake a stick at. Back in my day when you were using a hammer, good luck getting <laughs> to a monster any time this yeah. century. And now you can just wire bug to him. Like he could be all the way across the arena and you can just wire bug to him and do a jumping, you know, aerial hammer attack and get right into the fray. Um, so it's, 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 you know, the, the wire bug definitely makes things faster uh, and a tad easier for sure. Now, now I know four had, had all the areas split up into segments because of uh, what um, limitations of the 3DS was world like that or was world uh open no the world was open although i really didn't like the way they did a lot of the areas like the the one the early one you spend a lot of time in has a lot of weird like i want to say winding passages to a forest they're just kind of wasted space almost i, I heard that I it was played, easy to get lost i played yeah. world it i had played it for over a hundred or so hours before i realized that there was a there was a whole treetops thing going on that you could get up to and that there was a camp up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same. Like but, two, three hundred hours later, I'm like finding out, oh, there's a palico thing hidden up there as well. But but then this one comes along and not only do you have the verticality of being able to uh, Spider-Man around the place, but they also introduce palamutes, which are essentially your mounts. Yes. So you hop on one of those puppies, literally, and just zip around the whole area. Yeah, and honestly, the areas are definitely smaller than World, but I think they you get the feeling they're smaller than they actually are just because you can move through them so faster. And I mm -hmm. don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Um, I, I can tell you, I, I never felt lost in any of the areas in Rise. No, um, no, it's... I think they open. They kind of give you the whole map pretty quickly, mm -hmm. if not right away. So, and, and then found, you get, oh, go ahead. I found Rise the maps to be almost layered in that, even though there, there were only a few of them. Uh, the more you learned the game and went through it, the, there was always something new to find. There wasn't a, a wasted space. No, no, that's and that's kind of been something the series has always done pretty well. Okay. Um, even if you go back to four, uh, a lot of the maps there, there's just a lot, a lot there. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I almost kind of ran out of time on doing solo quests just because I would just walk around the area and see what I could get <laughs> into with the wire bug. And they're like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I should uh, go hunt the monsters and do this exploration like on a tour quest, yeah. you know, where they just give, give you free reign of the area. Um, but yeah, j just <laughs> wire bugging around places, r running around on the palamutes. They, they make it so that you can jump on the palamutes. Um, what else? You, you could climb with them on the vines. You didn't have to dismount it there. Um, I think the only thing you couldn't do was wire bug with them. Yeah, you're right. Right. And um and in solo play, they give you an option. You could do two palamutes, two palicos, or uh, mix and match. But you could only bring one of them into multiplayer. Yeah, and I usually went with uh, the palamute. See, I, I went pal I went palico because um I liked having the extra DPS. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people do that as well. <laughs> and, I, and oh, god, I got all my DPS from the palamute. The palico was my healer. Ah. Uh, Gotcha. Yeah, it's the same. When I had the Palico, it was always I always picked healer. 
But uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Oh yeah, there's um, there's multiple YouTube videos that are like, are you getting left behind by all the people on Palamutes while you you're with your Palico? Well, here's how you can uh, make up for that. And <laughs> you know, they tell you to pretty much just literally jump over mountains to get to the monster faster. And once I learned that I could do that, it's like, oh, I can just Spider Man any anytime anywhere with uh. <laughs> these bad boys um now, now getting getting into the monsters themselves like i said there was the um the mounting mechanic which i absolutely adored um especially when you get like a three-way monster battle going because that's the thing with the mounting is that you can use it to f- fight other monsters mm. i appreciated the easy mats that would drop every time you hit with a whip when you were whipping riding because mm-hmm. when you're trying to collect all kinds of things you're like oh i want to try this new weapon that new weapon just getting every little bit helps yeah and so, so ryan in in monster hunter 4 the mounting you had to like press jump off of a high area and press a button to be able to mount a monster oh. and i can't tell you how many times i would try, try to set up the attack and then either botch it or the monster would move completely out of the way <laughs> yeah, that's why i love the insect glaive and four kind of just cheat it yeah but th- that isn't the case in this one i, I think it just are there specific conditions, or does it just happen randomly? Uh, I never bothered to figure out if there are specific conditions. I kind of just went yeah. I noticed it happen more often if a, another uh, monster was coming into the area or somewhat nearby. Like if they were all separated on different parts of the map, it didn't happen often. Huh. At least in my experience with it. See, I I never noticed. I always felt like it just would kind of happen. Um. But you, basically, the wire bugs just start glowing and start forming around the monster, and then you pr- press a button and you've automatically mounted it. Um, already so much easier than trying to do it in four. And then, yeah, um, if there's an, another monster around, you pretty much just run it into walls until it uh, you get thrown off. Yeah. Um, but the, then the other when the, when another monster is around, that's when you have the kaiju battle, and. Uh, to me, nothing's more satisfying than than doing their ultimate on the other oh, monster. Yeah, yeah a little first, the controls are a little tough to get used to. Once you get the hang of it, it's it's very very satisfying. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, lots of materials to get get from that because they they drop as the as they're being bashed against each other. Um, just it's a fun way to continue a fight. Um, some of the other new things that they added in this one, uh, the birds i don't know specifically what they're called but they're the, the little stat birds that you run around and collect yeah yeah the spirit birds or whatever yeah 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 well so one of the points that you know talking about these and the perma buffers right mm-hmm. so one of the points that um so speaking of old man monster hunterism there was um there was a youtuber i forget which one was popular monster hunter youtuber but he was talking about how he felt that this move to all of this convenience right where you can just eat in the tent and all this other stuff really took away from the whole idea of being hunter preparing properly for a fight and all that other jazz um and felt like he he, he felt like it took away from the experience until finally when he got up to the higher ranks and the fights started getting really tough and then all of a sudden, you actually have to make sure to collect those perma buffers um, to to have the edge, you know, against those guys. And he realized this is the preparation nowadays, 
and it's true like especially when you get into sunbreak but even in high rank just uh, there in, in rise and solo especially i'd make it a point to go and make sure i had a run for each map yeah. i got used to a run of where i get the, the health bugs and it's like two to three minutes just to collect all those collect some materials along the way but that was my new prep uh, of course you still need to eat something but hell you can do it in the tent if you forget it's not that big of a deal but if you go back and you play monster hunter generations or something like that all the prep you had to do in between the annoying. fights oh my gosh now it's go around click the spear bugs i do think after like 200 hours of monster hunter rise um i was getting tired of clearing uh, collecting um, for my buffers at the beginning of everything like that was starting to wear on me i'm like can't i just start with this because i mean in monster hunter world to get to your maximum health all you had to do was just eat properly and have the right trinket uh right uh decorations whatever they're called uh equipped mm -hmm. for maximum health and monster hunter rise uh, in order to have maximum health you have to eat and you have to collect those bugs um so it really gets eventually it does get kind of old it is fun though the novelty lasts for a while because you are exploring and jumping and using the wire bug to get around really quickly to do all of that and i i think that the devs are kind of aware that this is an issue because i noticed um and like some of the, the the final boss fights and and the rampages which we'll get to they have a bug that just maxes out everything right off the bat <laughs> So funny newbie story, it took me about 20 hours of playing Rise through Solo to realize that permabuffer didn't mean that's how I was getting stat gains permanently. I thought that when I picked it up on each map, that raised my attack slightly like when I was done the map too. Oh. And that was like a general stacking. I got one more attack. Awesome. So I kept collecting them still each time I went, but I thought they were permanently throughout like the full game. Unfortunately, no. Um yeah, they, call them, they call them permit buffers. They should really be called until you get done with this monster fight buffers. Yeah. That's a mouthful. A fight only buffer. Fight birds. I don't know. This is why I'm not in marketing. But yeah, it was it was Phil that actually told me that what those were because and I didn't even know this until Sunbreak. Um we, we were doing high level hunts and he's like, Here here's the route to come get the uh stat birds. I'm like, wait, that's what those are? I, I played through the entirety of Rise and had no idea that those that those shiny things were, were what were raising my stats. I felt <laughs> like such a noob at that point. But, but it also sounds like the, the preparation in the old the older games was even worse. Yeah. Uh, yes, and if you forgot things, you had to quit the quest and go back to town. So, or if so someone gets disconnected when you're playing multiplayer, mm, they can't yikes. reconnect. You have to just start it all over. So uh, it sounds like Capcom really went out of their way to make this game as accessible, a accessible as possible because, you know, it seems like everybody and their dog has a switch and that they yeah. wanted as many people to play this as humanly well, possible. Honestly, I think success in the West was almost, I don't want to say by accident, but this really to me felt like a game for the Japanese market because mm -hmm. obviously world is on systems, not as popular in Japan. Yeah. And, and heck this, like the town and everything are much more Japanese themed. Oh yeah, um, I, I like how pretty how uh, ninja themed the town is. Isn't it supposed yeah. to be like a hidden ninja town? Yeah, no, and I don't want to rag on World more, but there's a lot more character in this game than in World. Yeah, I, I love the twins in this one. Yeah, they were so adorable. Um, so so correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Nintendo have a special direct just to announce this? 
No, it was announced as part of a general direct. Okay. They did have there was like a Monster Hunter themed direct after that, I think. Okay. No, it was it was part of the, the bigger direct. It was just announced right at the beginning. Right. Right. One of those, oh my god, the direct is starting. What trailer is this? Yeah. Holy crap, new Monster Hunter. And that they sh- they showed off the wire bugs and the, the palamutes yeah. and that and I I was like, "Oh my god, this looks fun." <laughs> and it is. <laughs> yeah. Um how how did you react to that first trailer, Phil? Oh, I was very excited. Um a lot of a lot of uh, movement there. You wondered how the wire bugs was going to fit into all of it. I mean, normally I'd be dubious because it looked like such a radical departure from what we're used to seeing in monster hunter games being more slow and steady to be able to zip around like that um but i also you know have faith in capcom because they've done such a great job with the series and so yeah i was pretty excited with the trailer yep um did did they introduce any new weapons in this one no no they just they just reworked a bunch of the old ones yeah okay no i have not introduced any new weapons since four oh Firebug was pretty much all they really were eating yeah. there. Yeah, and and the wirebug isn't just for traversal. Um, it's it's also used in combat too. Each weapon has like two unique wirebug moves that you can pull. Oh, actually, isn't there four of them now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sunbreak. Right. Sunbreak added more. But there was at least three, I think, in Rise because I remember learning new abilities that I could swap in and out. Oh yeah, I think you're right. There's some. Maybe not all of them, but at least some of them definitely had too. But um, so I'm I'm a complete newbie, and I tend to button mash, and I also main hunting horn because when it, when in nice. doubt heal. Um, but I was like I I kept doing this button combination, and I was like, why does it keep leaving this like little bead on the ground? And then Chris was like, oh, that bead bead is OP. It'll uh, it doubles your healing. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I start remembering to use the bead, um, or drop down the bead, and yeah, p- people started really liking my heels after that. And and it's mul- multiplicative for uh, when there's other other hunting horns in the party too. So um, yeah, that was I nice. Love, I love having someone with hunting horn. In the party. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, as long as it's not me, because I am not good with it. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, and and I remember hunting horn being really difficult to pull off in four because the you had to like memorize the songs. Or th- there was something about the songs that I couldn't wrap wrap my head around. But in this one, it's just like mash a button, you'll play a song. Mash a different button, you'll play a different song. And, and have oh, have you done all of them? Okay, well here's your ultimate. Uh, re- really fun stuff. And then the other wirebug move that 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 had was uh kind of a, a lunge move, sort of like a reverse get over. Over here for from Scorpion. Nice. Um, and, and pretty. That was pretty much the only weapon I really messed with. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what kind of wire bug moves you guys got to play around with. Uh, lots of fun stuff, especially with Insect Glaive. Even more zipping around all over the place because that's that's what that weapon has always been about. I would say I was a. I, mean, I loved Insect Glaive in in World. I was a little disappointed because in a way the wire bug takes away a little bit from what makes the inside so everyone's spinning around in the air and stuff yeah and then it and then and then just a little salt to the wound the insect somehow got dumber 
Because in World, you throw a pheromone on a monster, and then you throw out your insect, and the, and the insect would, would continue to attack the monster, and he would leave big old powders. I would use blast insect, and he would leave blast powder in the air, and if you attack the blast powder while the monster's nearby, you'd get blast damage on the monster, and it was great. Um, or you could use healing powder and heal yourself while you're fighting. And so it was a synergy between you and, and the insect, aside from the buffs you would get. Um, here, the pheromone trick doesn't work the insect just goes and attacks that one spot and doesn't keep attacking just kind of hangs out there until it runs out of energy or you recall it um so 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 these kind of felt like a little debbie downers but then they made it up with in sunbreak mm-hmm. oh did they totally make up for mm-hmm. it in sunbreak oh my gosh no, no, just just to be clear we're not talking sunbreak <laughs> just saying they fixed it um, they I, fixed I, it the hunting horn got a lot of love your hunting horn got a ton of love in in monster hunter rise they yeah, made it much easier to use. They made a much the buffs much more effective, and the finishing maneuver that you do with it mm-hmm. is just the chef's kiss. If you pull it off, it's just you yep. sitting there jamming with your horn, knocking the crap all out of pookie pookie. Yep. No, I, that that's why it became my favorite weapon. I I just, I love playing the songs and you know doing the epic saxophone music. That's what I would have modded it to if I was playing on PC. Um, just so much fun. From my playing around, uh, I fully admit that I knew nothing about the game going in at all. It seems like Insect, insect Glaive is the hardest weapon to try figuring out to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you got some weapons like the, you know, like the charge blade and the such that have a lot of buttons to press and combos to remember in order to to basically get their mechanics uh, working. Mm-hmm. I, I would think the charge blade might be a little bit more intimidating than the insect glaive. Yeah. Um, insect glaive, you can actually get really good damage uh, per second without ever taking to the air. Uh, just, the ground combos are extremely simple. Um, and then your next step is to learn how to get the insect extracts, which really yeah, isn't that hard. It's all about getting those and then just boiling away once you get all three. Yeah. Uh, then, the, char- the charge blade is a ro- lot harder because you have to learn how to charge charge up your shield and then unleash all the power you've charged. It's complicated. Unleash the power! Yeah, yeah. I would generally recommend first-time players to do something like the sword and shield, or if you want something big and heavy, go for the sword, but uh, or the hammer, I should say, but um, yeah, Insect Glaive's fun. I always recommend for newer players, unless they're comfortable, unless they're really good with dodging and spotting patterns, something with a shield is always good for newer players. See, I'm funny in that I am terrible at like, timing for blocking, but I'm better at dodging, so I okay. just kept losing when I was using sword, sword, uh, sword and Shield. I ended up meaning with a longsword just because it was the perfect balance of being able to run around while also having enough damage put to it because slower weapons same kind of thing you have to get the timing down right i'm all about the dodge roll um whether or not that does me any good i don't know i just have the dodge roll out of the way i'm all about every single weapon (laughs) (laughs) no um Help me, help me remember the story of this. Is it pretty much another monster infection is happening and you have to yeah. stop it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. even remember the Mon- name of the infection. Monster, the, I don't know, Rampage or something. Monster. Lab, going monster. Wild, whatever. Yeah, yeah, stop the monsters. Whatever. Most yeah. monster hunters aren't super story focused other than no. 4. 4 had a really good story. Yeah. Um, uh, it's called Rampage from what I remember. Yeah. I'm trying to confirm that now. I was... I wanted them to do more with the story because some of the characters seemed really fun, but 
uh, like I was expecting some of the quests to not just be, you know, here's a bunch of new monsters when you're oh, done no. with that. Then the <laughs> next thing comes up and I'm like, okay, well, is there a reason why I'm doing any of this other than no. go yeah. hunt, have fun? No, 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 no. yeah. Wrong, wrong reason to play Monster Hunter games. Even, even yeah. like Wild Hearts, they try. They try so hard, but no, just go kill the monsters. Yeah. So, so you bring up Rampage. That That's the new big feature of this one is Rampages. <laughs> Basically, Monhun Tower Defense. Yeah. And you, you hear that on paper and you think, oh, God, that sucks. But then you get into the Rampages and they're really freaking fun. No, are they, though, seen, as the I've, solo player? Uh, Yeah. It can be. I, solo, I soloed everything for the review, so you can definitely solo rampages. Oh, like yeah. they're the earlier ones were more fun, but like later on, some of the harder ones during solo were the um, some of the more frustrating moments I found when playing through it. But like multiplayer is where it becomes fun again, even if you're yeah. losing or it's harder. Multiplayer makes it amazing. Solo when you're struggling even a little bit, you have to just juggling everything is not a chore necessarily but i'd just rather go back and fight a monster than deal with rampage yeah the, 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 these the you know every one of these monster hunters has one of these side you know uh, wheels and i've talked about this a lot they all have these oh, little yeah. side gimmicky things they're never meant to be the the core feature um but they are something to kind of give you a break and and they're they're obviously not going to be quite as honed and refined um but with if you're going to play solo my my like i did my tip for getting through rampages um, is to remember that if you're in the middle of all the monsters, you are one against like 10 different monsters at once, and that's not a great formula for success. So you need to lean more heavily on being the person who's managing the defenses and working behind the guns and such like that. Whereas if I'm playing multiplayer um, and there's plenty of people on the guns, then uh, then I'm usually down in the fray because you do, especially when there's a cheer going on or whatever it's called, you do really great damage with your weapon when you're up up close and personal when there's when there's one of those whatever i forget what they're called the the big buff um so it's it's worth jumping into but um in solo i tend to lean a lot more making sure all of the defenses are going strong replacing damage defenses and getting behind the cannons myself more times than than not yeah i found and i found this to be a lot more engaging than the mode than the gimmicky things monster hunter has tended to do in the past which is Usually been a lot of, oh, defend against a giant monster, and they've all been very boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is definitely more engaging yeah. than, what was it, Gore, uh, no, not Gore Magali, it was uh, Gore Magdalos or whatever the hell it was. The big giant walking, thing in world, big, yeah. Big stupid walking mountain that I kept farming for its one little chunk that it wouldn't give up. Mother <laughs> I did uh, notice, though, uh, maybe I just happened to skip over it, because you are right, uh, counter signals. Uh, I didn't realize you, you were actually, while that was going, supposed to or would do more damage if you fought the monsters at that point. So I was just constantly on the installations only, which was a it made it more time-consuming and less like how Monster Hunter was for the rest of the stuff. And then... When I found that out was towards the end of the rampages. Like you have a couple of them you have to do during uh, the uh, solo mode, and I was like, "Oh wait, I can go down and f- fight." And then found out I was doing like ten. T- uh, I got points like two, three times the amount of damage I was during regular monster fights. And I went, oh, this is fun. And I realized it was because of counter signal. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say my favorite thing about the rampages was just how much stuff you get. It's specifically like if you're farming a specific part and um, 
getting stuff off of the monster. Yeah. You're, not, you're not gonna. I don't think you're gonna be chopping off tails or capturing or anything like that. But it was a good way to at least get a bunch of basic parts that you need. Um, so, so we're all positive on the rampages. Mostly, yeah. Yeah, we do groan about it. Um, the guys aren't the biggest fans uh, on the Friday night stream that we do, but we, but we, but we all come together and remember that the final enemies of Monster Hunter Rise are much, much worse than the Rampage could ever be. So by by comparison, the Rampages are fun. <clears throat> no, I like the Rampages. The other guys don't. I do think they're kind of hit or miss as a result. Now, um, help help me understand or. The, the way you the ways you do your weapons in this game, you you could either make them from scratch or you could upgrade them. Is that how it's always been? Yeah, I don't know if it's always been that way, but that is not new. Okay, it was, it was just, just it was just a lot more opaque because back in the yeah. older games, you didn't have this big map making it very easy for you to see where the upgrades and where you could start a new weapon at. In the back in my day, uh, you'd go to the shopkeeper and he would just kind of show you um, what he could build and whether you know what. And then you try, or you could go upgrade a weapon. It would kind of show you what some of the upgrades are, but you never knew if you were hitting a new path, if you're going to hit a dead end, um, if, 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 you know, if you bought, if you wanted to get this, if you wanted to get, let's say, the Princess uh, Rebier, uh, which I love very much, uh, whether you need to get up first upgraded to this or that. So for all yeah. of that, you'd have to go to the internet, right? And 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 plan ahead. Otherwise, you wasted materials, right? And and I still had, I mean, there's a whole bunch of apps on your phone that you can get that are good, that are good parts lists that. Um, show you where to get them and how to get them and um, have have kind of a tree and a wish list thing and that sort of thing. Um, I just didn't know if the up, upgrade tree was a thing. So it, as you said, it technically was, but you couldn't see yeah. the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's nothing new. It's just it was opaque. It was just, yeah, a lot of trial and error if you weren't using an FAQ and note-taking. Yeah. Even with the uh, tree... Um, I went into everything blind. I didn't try looking anything up. What's the best way to maximize, optimize? So trying new weapons, I would go down like various paths and I realized that I was going through a lot of money. So there was a lot of times where I had to go back through just to collect additional stuff to sell off even. So I would have the funds to keep like upgrading to keep up to where I was trying to continue in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I sort of found one of the better ways to make money was yeah. to uh, oh, was to uh, send the, your buddies off to on um, what were they called expeditions? Yeah, um, s- oh. sending them off to specific areas and just telling them to get get you things that makes money. Yeah, you needed to take advantage of um, of a number of things. There was, yes, if you looked online, there was absolutely videos of like, there is a particular run you can do that just makes you gobs and gobs of money. Uh, one of my friends did it and he was rich. Um, I personally just like to kind of go with what the game's kind of handing me. Um, one thing to keep a track of, you know, keep, keep in mind with Monster Hunter is monsters drop a crap ton of parts. Like every yeah. hunt you go on is actually a gold mine. The thing is, you hoard all the materials, right? So mm-hmm. you're not getting a lot of money out of it. You're not getting a lot of currency out of it. But if you were just to do a couple of hunts and take everything you gathered off of those hunts and just convert it directly into Zinni, uh, you, you know, you'd, you'd have a pretty penny just right there. Yeah. But what I do is I go into, you go and sell things. And one thing at the game doesn't do a great job of explaining a few things. And one of is sometimes enemies drop uh, treasures which are only good for selling that's their only yeah. purpose in life and you may have hundreds of thousands of yep. city of these things just sitting in your inventory and never know and wondering gosh i'm so broke i can't afford anything um, and that's aside from the fact that if you just sell a lot of the extra monster parts yeah, um, yeah. 
I mean, honestly, you, you go and look through your box and realize, oh, I'm not going to make things from like half of these monster parts. And you just got a clean house. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, every couple of quests, I would just go through my box and like, okay, I'm not all this ammo. I'm never touching a bow gun yeah. in my entire life. All this has got to go. Um, and the loss of prey stuff. Well, I've outlived that tree ages ago yeah, or that. Or I'm yeah. never going to make horrifying Ketsu equipment. So I should just sell all their parts. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's Ketsu parts. <laughs> It's uh, it's hard because in RPGs you're kind of trained to be a pack rat. Yes, which again goes back to my mentioning of since I didn't quite know what I was going for builds or anything like that, I still stayed as the pack rat, had everything, and then when I uh, finished solo and swapped over to do some of the multiplayer stuff uh, because I I did all the village quests first. I found that I was fighting the hard mode of stuff that I already had so I was like oh I guess it's a good thing I kept all this because I kind of need it still Mm -hmm. you kept all of what Uh, sorry all the materials from like say the level 1 hunts are are now like when I started multiplayer mode they have the hard mode version Uh, I might be incorrect on the hard mode aspect yeah so yeah yeah so yeah generally I mean uh, yeah so I I get there's definitely um, sometimes you get a hair up about you say I'm done with playing an insect wave on star sword and shield oh and I just love the way that one looks oh it turns out I need a barrier parts and if you sold all your barrier parts now you gotta go farm the damn things Um, but um, what what I tend to do and this is my philosophy when it comes to selling monster parts and, and managing it at the same time with my FOMO is I just simply go through and I say, oh, I've got 99 Anjaneth um, tails. I could probably sell 80 of them and be safe. Yeah, you just that's go through. what I did. You, you don't need to like sell all of your pookie pookie parts. Just look at those ones that you've hoarded like um, 50 of them. I will say also that probably my brother who, who played my brother-in-law plays with us here on Friday nights. He's constantly broke. I think one of the big differences between <laughs> us too is I play every single mission because to me, it's fun. I play Monster Hunter over and over again because it's, it's fun. So I'm not in a rush to get to the master rank stuff. What I did review was different, but when I was just playing it to enjoy it. Um, and if you do all those side missions, you just, you're just overflowing in resources. So. Oh, and the other thing, always keep uh, a couple of gathering missions in your log at all times. Um, there's there's special ones that gosh I can't even remember what they're called but there's usually a bunch of them like get get a whole bunch of herbs or mount a monster so many times um, typically you could knock those all, like three of those off in one quest and that'll get you some money um, some tickets and uh, just just some basic items and and they're they're really easy to do especially if you're doing that stuff anyway does, does that make sense absolutely yeah. It's just more. It's just more. That's not like it's just more money coming in, and then you get your farms up and running, or submarines, I should say. You get those up and running. So every hunt you're doing, you have those things coming in. If, again, if you're worrying about Zinni more than anything else, um, there are some items I believe like honey's pretty valuable, but there are some items that you could have them farm for you and just sell them um, mm-hmm. if you wish. Uh, you don't want to hoard those or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, and there's a couple of ways that I was able to figure out other side other than looking up the YouTube method run that makes you instantly rich. Now, uh, speaking of currency overall, I found I was always lacking and needed or wanted to use any, but Kimura points didn't really like. I found a couple uses for them. Did I just never find the? Oh, this is amazing. You need it for blank. Because I just used mine for getting uh, buying materials to help build traps or getting those uh, you you can sell for any things. 
Yeah, you tie uh, the research point or whatever. Yeah, they're called research points at Monster Hunter World. Yeah, um, I was just trying to remember what the Rise version of those were. Yeah, I pretty much blow them any chance I can on, like you said, the, those things that the lady sells. Um, you can spend some points on those. Yeah, any any time that they're like, do you want to spend research, whatever they're called, points, uh, Kimura points or whatever, or do you want to spend gold, I'll spend the points because I have nothing else really that's hot to spend them on. I, I haven't really ran low on those. I think they come more in handy in Sunbreak, but I think in Rise they're just, yeah, I never ran into an issue with those. I ran out of any way before I ran out of those. Okay. Especially since I'm a poly weaponist. You gotta understand, like, I'm a poly gamer, I'm a poly weaponist, I'm a poly armorist. Like, I, I wasn't happy with just having an upgraded insect glaive. I have to have, like, four different upgraded weapons that I'm trying to maintain yeah. throughout the entire experience. So, I mean, you are from Utah. Mm-hmm. It's all about poly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, another thing. Uh, now, I don't know if this was in other games or not, uh, but another thing that I really appreciated was being able to wish list stuff so that it would highlight things that you needed. Right. Uh, that oh, was nice. also in World. That was introduced with World. Um, yeah, very much a, a, a huge quality of life improvement. Because back in my day, you had to take notes. You really, yeah. really did. Because uh, it was, oh, it was not fun. And I, I don't know about you, but I have the memory of a goldfish. So trying to remember what I need and what I where I can get it is just a nightmare. You can wish list? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I I just have a decent memory overall. When I'm okay, I'm looking for this. It's called uh, the wing of this. Okay, and then I've hunted that until I got the five wings that I needed. No, yeah, that, there, there's a wish list that beats your. Yeah, Rise is definitely a little bit nicer um, in that regard, uh, where things kind of make sense that you're looking for. So you know, if you're building mm-hmm. a sword, uh, you know, um, a, a princess rapier um, is generally tail of Rathian or wing of wrath the end the hardest problem i ever ran into was occasionally having to figure out why i hunted this thing 10 times i didn't get oh i had to break the head but you know yeah that, that's the only like little snitch but back back in the old days it wasn't unusual for like that one piece of armor you want to have a couple of things that you didn't know where the hell they came from um it was really easy to lose track uh so the wish list came in real handy for keeping track especially if you had like multiple things you're going to hunt for at the same time and so that you don't accidentally sell stuff you need don't be that guy <laughs> That's that's the key there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had something else I was going to add. Um, I, 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 once again, I don't know if this was an older game thing or not. Being able to see all the gathering points on the map and kind of being able to isolate them was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, that's also uh, that's definitely a that's definitely a right thing with worlds. You could go in and take a look at your map, like full screen it, and be able to tell where the resources were at. Uh, and plus, plus, you had the freaking bug lighting everything up on the map as you were running around mm-hmm. uh, so i didn't have too much of problems in world but yeah going back to the older games yeah good luck with that you just <laughs> had to remember where those you know where those ores and those nodes were at so yeah being, being, being able to oh. isolate all the ores on the map and just well, have a little path well and i tell you what's really cool is, is I, I didn't realize this until my second playthrough so you know the story is that i did rise for um for review as well as sunbreak and i did those on the switch um, but then I went ahead when they went on sale on PC and they were on sale, we bought them on PC as well. Um, mm-hmm. And we and the group has switched. I didn't get it until I got to the PC that I realized, oh, I can have the Palamoot. You can set him to sniff things out. And oh. Yes. And they will light up on your mini map and nice, bright and vibrant colors. And so I always have them sniffing for those green perma buffers because they give extra health. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was added in Sunbreak. Well, it's retroactively added in. Maybe that's why I didn't notice it at first. It was added in with Sunbreak, but it's also still in the base game. 
Um, and I use use him to sniff out. So it was added it, in later, according to Mr. Chris. Is it like a special button that you press or just a setting or what? Um, you go into his, well, uh, when you're playing him, you know how you use the left and right um, digital pad, whatever it's called, D-pad, to, um, yeah. to go through different commands. One of them is to have your doggy sniff. You press up oh, and it gives okay. you all the options. What are you sniffing for? Which is very handy for some of those quests where they're like, get 12 uh you know coral reefs and you're like i don't know where those coral reefs are oh there they are right there that's easy <laughs> yeah i don't have to look over this map and squint at things this is great i mean as, as user-friendly as they made this game is there was still stuff that was kind of a pain like th th that radial menu to, i still can't figure out how to get it how i want it <laughs> um i i had also bought some dlc and it came with a costume for my uh, owl the kahoot and I'm like, I have no idea where the Kahoot even is. I just know that you send it off to go do stuff. And Chris was like, oh, um, so in one of the menus, you can like summon it to your arm to pet it and stuff. And I'm like, wait, that's been there the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah a funny newbie uh, going back uh, thing for me again, going back to the um, mini map to be able to highlight uh, where to find all the ores. I figured that out about 45 hours into the game. So it was a lot of fun being like, so I have no ore, so I'm just going to keep playing the same map because I only know where two ores are. Because I, I, I basically memorized the map before I knew, like, oh, there's all these things. I had no idea there were this many like ore spots on the map. I thought there was only three and there's 12. Yeah, I, I learned pretty quickly to... Um... T take the high road in a lot of places because using the wire bug because the high road led you to some pretty nice little caches of ore or um, that those treasure nodes that you get that don't give you anything but points that you need for quests um, and and various stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Though in, in some areas like the uh, ca canyon. You're, it almost behooves you to take the low road because some of those canyons are, or some of those caves are pretty intricate too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely times where, where you, you, generally speaking, I mostly will take that the high road with the with the wire bug to get all those darn perma buffers. But yeah, there's some nice low roads as well. I, I remember spending 20 minutes in that first area trying to get in, figure out how to get into the stump because I had, I knew that there had to have been a treasure in the stump. And fi finally, I get it, and it takes me to the slide that slides me all the way down the level and it, like off the coast into this area that had a bunch of uh, oars and a fishing spot and stuff. And and that was pretty rad. Nice. <laughs> it's all these little paths and stuff that I probably never found that made me hate picking to do anything with the, I think they're called wyvern eggs, the big ones you have to pick up. And if you fall off a ledge, they break. Oh, oh God. Wyvern eggs give me PTSD. <laughs> wyvern eggs. Yeah. That, gosh, I don't even think, I don't even think they have those as, optional quest anymore no and and, and good riddance maybe uh, there was they oh, popped up uh, they, pop, for me. they pop up somewhere because you had to i had to do them to unlock something or something or rather like extremely optional quest yeah <laughs> yeah um and, the, the and they're, next... still a, they're still a pain in the ass kelly don't worry they oh i'm sure, oh, I'm sure they are yeah and you know what i think i had to do one too because i i hopped off of a vine or i thought i was in the clear and i hopped off of the vine like a foot and still broke the egg and uh cost mm -hmm. cost a lot redid it but no the the, the liver and egg quests are what made me rage quit uh for yeah those stink <laughs> 
Well, I think I don't think I had to do more than like one in four to finish the game. See, I, I was a very tr- very small number. I was trying to be a completionist because I, oh, I felt like yeah. I had to do all the quests because I didn't know what I was doing and yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I really like that how they actually mark which quests are required now instead of you yep. either having to look it up or take a shot in the dark. <laughs> so yeah, the key the key to the key to the key to Wyvern quest is kill. Generally speaking, kill whatever monster is there first. Yep. You know, like if there's a, you know, even in the old games, if there was a Rathian flying around, he's dead. I don't care. I'm going to kill his ass before I even think about taking this damage because I know he's not going to let me get 10 feet without harassing me. Um, yeah, but in the old games, there's a pain because you could still do all that just to have some little Jagras like five feet away from your camp just trip you up and make you break the darn thing. So irritating. Bomb, bomb badger blow up in your face, mm-hmm. ruin about an hour's worth of work. Mm-hmm. That's uh, rage-inducing. So um, we, we talked about a bunch of the stuff that was added to added to this game. Have we missed anything? Uh, I'm curious. I'm sure it was added before, but uh, quality of life thing I've appreciated, I was kind of not expecting, is while you're riding the Palamute, being able to sharpen your weapon and stuff. Yeah, yeah that is brand new. And Dude. You've never yeah. been able to have that sort of maneuverability doing nope. that or drinking potions or anything like that before. Nope. That is, that is it's definitely the bomb. <laughs> it also goes into the column of things that make this game easier because let me tell you, when you're fighting sure. against, uh, yeah, you know, when you're fighting against a Nergigante alone and you need to sharpen up that weapon really quick, jump on your dog and just run around in circles. We go sharp, sharp, sharp. It's great. It's yeah. <laughs> practical immunity. Yep. Now, all, all of the different features in the, this game just kind of come together together to make it a much more pl- pleasant experience for new and old Mon like yes. Um, so I think we covered all of the new stuff. Um, one of the new, mo- one of the only new monsters I can think of is the, uh, Magnamalo. So are there other new monsters? Uh, yeah. there are, I can't think of what. Like Arknesum, the, um, the bird, uh, the bird guy. Uh, the, isn't Bishotten new? The monkey? Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, the, yeah, Bish, Bish, yeah whatever his name is, the monkey who throws crap at you. Yeah. Oh, the the goat monkey? Right. He's just, he's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's little, yeah, he's evil. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. It's kind of hard to, 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 fan, to, to suss out these, uh, they, cause there's, I found a list, but it wants to give me all the sunbreak monster. I'm like, no, I just want, <laughs> I want Rize. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, Mag- uh, Magnamalos. Magnamalos. Yeah, yeah. The one but, with the amoeba. And he's definitely the wake-up call. If for some odd reason you were cruising on cruise control. Oh yeah. Like, you were just like thinking this game is so many people get up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you have more maneuverability now. Well, so do I. <laughs> That is the one thing. The monsters definitely, in order to give some semblance of balance, the monsters do move faster. Uh, and that was something for that was a little difficult for me to grapple on with because um, I do feel like, you know, World was a little bit faster than the prior prior editions. And then Rise kind of, you know, takes that up to 11. So you do have to get used to very quick uh, maneuvers to get wire bug your way out of taking juggle damage and the such. Yeah. Um, and, and I and I do not I do hope that the future games aren't going to be even faster faster because now we're getting into something like bayonetta territory or something. And mm, I don't think they'll I, go I that hope, far. I hope not because I, I don't I don't personally. I, there's definitely times where I'm like I played some Monster Hunter uh, uh, Rise and. I'm like ready to go back and play Monster Hunter World or even Monster Hunter Generations on your Switch. 
just to play something a little bit slower again. I'm a little. No, Mike. My, 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 my hands started hurting after a while, Mike. I was getting the cramps. I was getting the cramps. It was horrible. What are you using? It was terrible. See, if I don't want to go crazy like that, I'll just tank it up with gun lance and I can just like slowly. There you go. Slide in there and poke poke a monster. Hey, and let's not forget the good old fashioned lance too. Lance Lance got some love. I don't like the lance, but you get to charge forward. It's so funny because you run forward with the lance, right? You you hit the charge button, and it's kind of simulating like a knight charging on his horse. The thing is, you don't have a horse. (laughs) You are just (laughs) literally running yourself with the with the lance, like you're about to joust with somebody until you run into the monster, uh, doing massive damage. And it kind of gives it kind of gives you some speed to a class that otherwise is pretty damn slow when its weapon is out. No, I, I for one, appreciate the uh, fast-paced action in this because I, I, I will admit, I um, when I played 4 on the 3DS, it did feel kind of slow. I haven't played in a while, but for the time, it was definitely pretty fast. Oh, oh I, I mean, for a 3DS game, yeah. yeah. But, you know, just the monsters just running around the whole place and yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it it's like some some of them are just so quick it get, keeps me on my toes but I've, i found found it so fun and so challenging e- even some of the big boys that you wouldn't think are that quick like the uh the thing the thing with the big old rock on its head that i always run into because i think <laughs> it's a rock i'm blanking on its name but th- it's those things yeah th- those things uh s- still feel quick <laughs> I know, I'm making no sense. I'm sorry. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, the big old rock guy, Pisarius. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We all know him. He's, he's He definitely, they brought him back. They dusted him off. They're like, come on back out of retirement, buddy. We got some new hunters for you to roll over. You think you're jumping over a rock and like, nope, it's a Pisarius. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, great. Now I just pissed it off. Thank, thanks, game. Thanks. Oh, yeah. No, he's, can, he's you, can you still climb on his back and like mine the rocks on his back? Ooh, I think I want to say that I got him when he was knocked over, but I'm I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not super sure about mixing that up with one of my prior editions, but I want to say yes. I don't remember doing that, but since a lot of my main weapons were slashing, not blunt weapons, I tended to avoid Basarios and Baroth because of that. I I appreciated the photo mode in this game. (laughs) Being able to take pictures of stuff like mid fight. More games need that. Oh, I, I love it. Um, trying to think of other things that just made this game special. Uh, just how huge the areas felt. Yeah. Um, you, you know, that, that that first one you go into where you kind of go off the, the waterfall. You're, you jump off the waterfall with your pal of mute for the first time and you see that big old field. And just, just the sense of scope the game had. And then um, one of the next areas being the uh, canyon. And like seeing that not only is this canyon massive, but you can also go into the canyon and find stuff. Just and and, and all this running on a switch, which by all rights shouldn't be running this well. It's not just running on a switch; it's running at like sixty frames per second. On it's insane! It's insane! It is an indict. I will tell you, Monster Hunter Rise is an indictment to just about every Nintendo Switch game that tanks below you know thirty frames a second because. It looks gorgeous. It's got all these special effects, and it doesn't seem to matter very much whether I got two Palamutes and three other friends, and every one of them's got special effect. Nope, nope. It all just runs just peachy on the Nintendo Switch, which is essentially an upgraded cell phone, and yet 
certain <laughs> games that I won't mention uh, cannot seem to get a steady 10 frames a second on my 2080 graphics card. Well, oh, sorry. <laughs> Kinda. I, I thought you were talking about a, a game that rhymes with Rage of Jalamity. Yeah. Well, then there's that. Yes, I was trying to. Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to read that one up, but yeah, yeah. It's just like, come on, guys. Uh, so I'm talking about Wild Hearts, and Kelly's talking about Age of Calamity. Oh God, don't get me started on Age of Calamity. <laughs> it's like, gosh, guys. Well, I, you know, why can't you guys just keep a smooth frame? Like Monster Hunter shows you that this can, in fact, be done. I'm sorry, you've ruined the curve for everybody else. Yes, it. Yeah. It always annoys me when people are like, "Oh, this hardware is so old; they can't do anything." Build a game designed to run on the hardware well, and it yeah. runs well. My God, it's shocking. And. You know, when they brought it over to the, you know, to the PC, uh, where they up-res to graphics 4K and, and fancier textures and all that other jazz lighting and whatnot, it still looks pretty good to me. I, I'm yeah. not going to say it's it's freaking, you know, uh, whatever, the most beautiful game in the world, but it looks pretty darn good. Yeah. And, and it runs really smooth, even on older graphics cards. Uh, that was something I appreciated. Like, I played it on the PlayStation 5. The entire experience from looking around, exploring, fighting, everything just felt polished. That's the easiest way to describe it all. Because, like, even going from uh, each monster fight like you have the three on the map each one takes like say five to eight minutes and it felt like each time a okay knockout drag out fight and it was it never felt slow uh, like whether it be slow down or otherwise it felt like a epic moment honestly capcom has made a lot of people look bad with their with their graphics work in a lot of games yeah yeah i'm surprised i'm surprised these other companies aren't calling them going capcom you're making us look bad stop it just stop it i'm surprised no one's trying to license the the re engine because yeah Yeah, it's it's really that good (laughs) yeah really really good or maybe they're just not willing to license it out. <laughs> um, Ryan, were the load times bad on PS5? I didn't find it uh, them bad at all. It's like maybe thirty seconds to pop everything up. Ah, uh, I, uh, you're you're making me almost want to put by the PS5 version and play through it all over again. So yeah, I mean, I've the, played through it twice and it's fun. <laughs> on on, I the, am almost tempted to do it a third time. <laughs> Yeah, on Switch, we played it on Switch, and we got all the way through Sunbreak Master Rank. We had such a blast. We we're doing it on PC, and we're doing every single mission. The nice thing about Monster Hunter with 14 different weapons, even if you're playing through you know, optional missions and you're fighting the same monsters over and over, it doesn't matter because you've got all these different weapons you can play around with. It's a different experience every time. But loading time-wise, significantly improved over Monster Hunter World on the PlayStation 4 back in the day. Oh, God. Where I could literally <laughs> microwave a burrito and eat it while I was waiting for the game to load. Uh, but nowadays it runs really, really slick. The only, uh, on the, on the switch, it loads up pretty decently on the PC. It loads up a lot faster as you would expect on a solid state drive. The only thing that bugs me and, and uh, this is a big difference with world, like in world world also loads up really, really quick on a solid state drive, by the way, much, much better, um, on, on a computer and pretty decent on PlayStation five. But, but what's really weird is that Monster Hunter Rise, I swear, like, I don't know I don't know why it does it, but it keeps saying compiling shaders when I first boot it up. Not every single time. I don't know if it's once a week or once a patch or whatever it is, but it literally will take, I mean, you guys will see me, they'll see me do it on the stream where I'm sitting there going, I, I guess we're waiting for this again. It's like loading <laughs> off a floppy disk. I, I don't know what, I, I don't know yeah, why it has to keep compiling the is. shaders. I need to look it up. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just something specific, but but other than that, no, the, the fights are really, really fast loading. Oh, that sounds beautiful. So, 
Um, oh yeah, no, it looks it looks really really good. Unless you're just like the kind of person that only plays like Horizon Zero Dawn level of graphics or Ratchet and Clank PS5 level of graphics or whatever Dark Souls. Um, yeah, it, it looks really great. No, I mean. <laughs> I, I am not a graphics whore by any stretch of the imagination, but when graphics do look good, I, I love how I, I, I just get sucked into the beauty of it all. All the monsters have such elaborate in- animations, too. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> all the attacks I, look cool. <laughs> it's... This it's is so cool. this is something that's so unappreciated about this series, and that the people who are trying to make other games like it just completely miss is yeah. how important that monster animation is, both out of combat and in combat, and drawing the player into the game, as well as making the combat feel fair when it's vicious. Um, everything that happens in Monster Hunter, when you get hit, you can look back and say, "If I watch that in slow motion, that was my fault." Yep. The monster turned around before he hit me with his tail. Right. He mm-hmm. he 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 moved his shoulder to the left before he swiped me with his right. Like yeah. and it all looks natural too. It's not just like some, you know, remember in, in Mike Tyson's punch out, you know, the guy would blink or something right before he punched you, which makes no sense. It's just a tell, right? Mm-hmm. It's just there to give you a tell. And in Monster Hunter games, especially Rise, the tells just make sense. Of course the monster's gonna look behind him self before he swipes with his tail because he wants to know what the hell's back there of course he's going to lunge in this direction before he lunges over in that direction because he wants to get more momentum like it's just so well done and other games they just they they, they miss they don't that get it. they don't get it are, yeah. are you having trouble with the current clone of the beloved monster hunter phil, <laughs> phil you're I'm, making me very glad i decided uh, not to pick up that game <laughs> <laughs> To go to counseling afterwards. Oh boy. <laughs> well, I could be wrong uh, on Monster on a Rise, but like even some of the mo- large monsters that look similar to each other still feel very different to me anyway. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. You have the, the great Baggy, the great Izuchi, and the great Roggy all feel like different monsters to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, even even when it's just like, oh, this monster's a color swap, you'll go into the fight, and it's like, oh, not only is this thing using a different like different elements it's got different attacks and it does different things and that i have to learn now it's yeah yeah no they they do that like that's another thing certain other other games don't seem to get but yes uh monster hunter does do some palette swaps or you'll have coral pookie pookie versus regular pookie pookie um but yes, they'll have totally different attack patterns and feel like you're playing a, a different monster. Absolutely. It doesn't get, it really doesn't get good. Uh, it doesn't really get boring and they have a good variety of monsters. I think I will, um, I think when I reviewed it, so I review it when it comes out. And the thing was when it first came, when it first came out, uh, I forget what I knocked it for. It might've been mo- a little bit on monster variety or that. No, I think that was more Sunbreak. Um, but it didn't, yeah, it just kind of felt like, so talking about it just as when it first came out. The, one of the big problems was that it didn't feel completely finished. There was no real kind of end game. The mm-hmm. ending just yeah. kind of leaves you hanging there. Um, and there was nothing for you to really kind of get into after it was done. A lot of that was added with content patches after the fact. Um, it really did feel like that they just had kind of almost kind of rushed out the door there at the last minute. So I had to knock it a little bit for that. It was still a super great time. Um, it was a, that was a little disappointing, but then they got it all out. Um, ironically i know we're not talking about sunbreak but ironically sunbreak would follow a similar pattern Uh, but now they're really great they've been they have so much content in each one of those right now 
you're never sitting there scratching your head going, gosh, I got nothing to do. There's tons of optional quests that unlock optional everything from skins to different moves for your weapons and the such. Um, there, there's just a ton yeah. to do just even with Monster Hunter Rise by itself. There's tons of like optional hard monsters they've added for you to challenge. Oh, oh my gosh, the the augmented monsters, which honestly you can go back with Master Rank Armor and those will still give you a run for your money. Um, yeah. No, where that'll really test your ability to dodge. Because if you take a hit from those guys, man, oof, they're vicious. And yet, I felt the need to watch every single cutscene with the poem at the beginning of each fight. Well, each new fight with a monster. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. <laughs> so good. Just such a, such a neat little touch. The, the little t- the twang each time it starts the poem to like the musical accompaniment to it. I feel like. There's, the series has just been around so long now. They must have like a, a team of people that really love this series and they're really committed to making it the best it can be because there's just a lot of a lot of nice stuff in this game. Yeah, um, I, I appreciated that the uh, the traditional monster artwork that's been in the game for a while changed to a more woodblock painting style. Yeah, <laughs> which, which you know is something that. You know, a lot of games wouldn't think to do, but the fact that they did that is just, oh, I, I love it so much. I love little little art flourishes like that in a game. Um, I, I love the, do- the Dongo song. Oh, yeah. That's always fun. And and they, they just keep making those. Those are just super cute. And the, I, and the little animations you get, I'll just play those on the stream sometimes because they're just fun. <laughs> um, I, I mean... You know, you get into a rhythm and you end up skipping a lot of cutscenes. I had to watch that every single time. (laughs) It's so adorable. So cute. (laughs) Uh, And I remember the first night that I was playing with you guys, you guys laughing your asses off at the dog eating the dongo off the floor. (laughs) (laughs) As dogs do. Happy doggies. Yeah, I'm not even that much of a dog person, but I I would love to have a Palamute as a pet. They just seem like such fluffy puppies. The dog is really really cute. That's he's he's he, he, he. I'm not a big fan of dogs either, but I mean they they they're they're really good companions in this game. And I do like the fact that they have a completely different kind of skill set they bring to the table versus yep. the Palico. And if you're soloing, you're going to bring two of these guys with you, so you can mix and match. You know, you can have mm-hmm. two palicos, you can have two palamutes, or you can have one of each. Um, and like the dog will carry more stuff for you. Palico can't really carry stuff for you. The dog will carry stuff for you. You can ride the dog so you can get around faster. He can sniff out materials for you, making things easy to see on the map. Um, and he's generally considered a better damage dealer, you know, but the Palico can lay traps or heal or do any number of things, depending on which Palico you're taking with you. And they kind of kept the, you know, that whole idea that Palicos have different skills uh, that can be learned and master. They kind of brought that over too. So pretty yeah. well done. Yeah. I, I've, I felt I have six cats. I felt the need to make a Palico for every single one of my cats um, and, and tried to match their class to their personality. So uh, Alice, my main cat, is a healer because she gives me serotonin. Um, Jack was a damage dealer because the actual Jack is very w- wiry and can do some good attacks. And uh, Murray, when he was still alive, was a tank, a tank cat because, you know, the actual Murray was like a 20-pound beast of a cat. And yeah... <laughs> Oh, and Nambi was a uh, gatherer cat because she steals stuff. Oh, 
I happen to be a person that doesn't have pets, which makes it ironic that I grew so attached to the Palico and Palamute that I got at the beginning that I never swapped them out. No, yeah, no, you're right. I um, I, I had the main six, and then they kept giving me like special ones. Um, so th- so those were the ones that I would send out on uh missions and stuff, j- just because. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Could you get an Amaterasu skin for the Palamute? Yes. Okay. I actually am playing right now, and I have it equipped, and it's the bomb. <laughs> yeah. I could, I could remember because once I got that tail skin for it, that was its default skin. Oh, and, I forgot that's in there. And and the Sonic one for the Palica, which it uh, spin dashes when it runs. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> now, what's awesome is the quest that you do to get that, because you have to run around that first area and collect rings, and it's playing City Escape the whole time. Now that that is some class. Mm-hmm. Can't argue with that. So, and I don't know about you guys, but I for one appreciate that this series is getting a lot more love and attention in the U.S. than it used to. Yes. For sure. Um, I, I think it helps that now it's on systems that people actually have. <laughs> now, I don't like to toot my own horn, but if you go back to podcasts years and years ago, you'll hear me shouting to the heavens that if they get this series on a goddamn system with some good damn online multiplayer, it would be successful in the West. And lo and behold, I was right, damn it. <laughs> So, uh, th- thank Wheels. He was the one that wished for it, and thus it came true. Uh, I mean, to be fair, you know, the PSP in Japan kind of was more their culture, you know, the train culture and all that, which makes sense. For sure. But, and I mean, if it came out on, uh, what was in that era, like the 360 and the P- PS3, maybe it wouldn't necessarily have done great here. So, maybe even waiting for the Xbox one in ps4 generation worked out for the better yeah um though i was i was gobsmacked to learn that it didn't originate on the psp that it was on the ps2 yes (laughs) and don't go play those versions i've seen a friend play those versions and i'm not sure this will make any sense to anyone but just how i viewed the franchise myself the earlier ones kind of reminded me closer of like a souls game where everything is very slow, measured, and like, oh, the people that are good at this, it's fun to watch. It can be interesting to see it on occasion, but this is not a game I can play. And with Rise, it was the first one I had seen that uh, looked like it was extremely accessible to someone that like, if I don't get the timing down, I'm not going to get one shot by this uh, monster. I can yeah. still, like, I basically play it like I'm a glass cannon almost because yeah. of... I get hit enough times if I don't dodge properly, I'm going to die. But if I dodge and keep hitting it, I try to do the most damage. This is another good point. Absolutely. The worst part about those original PS2 games, too, is uh, it came in a weird era. And so your attacks are mapped to the right control stick. Does not use buttons oh. for attacks. <laughs> oh no, that sounds bad. <laughs> that that's some too human level of uh, BS. There, it's it's not good. I've seen people defend it like, oh, there's more attacks you can do this way. No, it sucks. It's terrible. It's no, god awful. <laughs> I've said before, if I'm the president of gaming, uh, right stick camera left stick movement yeah. do not change it i will get mad um. so it's no surprise <laughs> to me that it found its audience in japan on the psp and not 
as much on the PS2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, plus, you had to buy additional parts to even play stuff on online on the PS2 back then. I bought I bought that hard drive with the uh, Final Fantasy XI and played it twice and <laughs> didn't put it away <laughs> and regret my life choices. <laughs> But yeah, um, series has come a long way in the past. I, I want to say decade, decade and a half. I don't know when the first release was, but it's been a while. Let's just call the first release 2005's Monster Hunter Freedom for PSP, and we'll ignore the. Oh, PSP. you don't even. <laughs> you don't even count the. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, well, is there anything else we want to add? As a newcomer, I'm just curious to see how off the mark I am for those that have played more in the franchise. If I were to say, uh, like, Mizutsuni is uh, one of the more beautiful-looking monsters. Uh, Of course, I like Magnamalo and Zenogre. Like, visually speaking, Magnamalo and Zenogre were way too fast and happened to be things that killed me the most. And uh, for the comedic moment for everyone, almost every time I tried to fight the Great Bragi, the one that spits fire or spits poison at you, I died against it. (laughs) That was my bane of my existence for the first, like, 20 hours of that game. I just could never beat this freaking poison spitting thing. No, that's fair. Yeah, everyone's kind of got their, their 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 hurdles. You know, for me, in playing Monster Hunter World, and Jeanette gave me a really hard time, but then Diablo's really kicked me in the in the proverbial balls. Oh God, Edge Ed that's the T Rex one, right? Mm-hmm. That one, yeah, that one. I have trouble soloing big time. Um, gosh, what else? Oh, oh, we usually get into like the pricing and collectability of this stuff, but these games are still pretty easy to find, like both on the the respective shops. Um, I don't know if Rise came out physically for the Xbox or PS2. No, it did not. No, it's uh, digital only. I'm not surprised. I I bought the collector's edition of uh, Rise. Came with the Magnamalo Amiibo and just some DLC and little... uh, Sorry, I got distracted. Little little tchotchkes. I got it just because I mostly wanted the Amiibo. Um, I mean, you can pretty much pick this up anywhere. And it's 60 bucks. Is the... I know we haven't technically talked about Sunbreak, but is the DLC package with it? No. Yeah. No. Well, no. there. You sometimes not, not. Not usually. No. It's just there are sometimes they'll run deals where you can get both of them together. Is it even out okay. on PS5 and Xbox? No, yeah, comes out that's next what, month. Oh no, Sunbreak. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Forgive me. Um, they're rolling out Sunbreak later there, so that you guys have a chance to or that people have a chance to play Rise first because yeah, I think. I think the base version of Rise is on Game Pass as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, the game is more accessible than ever. So I say if you want a fun little romp into catching monsters, you can't go wrong with Rise. Yeah, play it. Ignore World. Maybe circle back to <laughs> World. Ignore World. You circle back to it if you like Rise. Ignore World. I love World. Don't circle back to it. I love them both. World, world has really pretty crap. World is I, fine. I love when then Pookie Pookie laps up the water and world, and he's just so cute in the anime. It's just perfect. It's it's fine. I like to rag on it, but it's totally fine. So, so Ryan, since you're kind of the newbie, 
Did you feel like you had to look up a lot of outside sources to kind of get into the game, or were you able to get get, get into it pretty well without having to look up YouTube videos and stuff? I, I, I treated it like I would with any, any game I got from the very beginning. I I don't I looked into nothing. Okay. Like uh, uh, another funny newbie story of sorts is I didn't know that you had to sharpen your weapons. I didn't know what that bar was for. So the first time I fought a monster, I was like, why am I doing no damage anymore? <laughs> and I, st- I, I still defeated it, but it took a long time doing one damage. <laughs> oh, jeez. But I didn't know. Uh, yeah. I rarely ever use the cooking mechanic because I... Oh, well, you have to set it set it up each time. Like, why am I supposed to do this when I'm fighting? Uh, oh, I'm just going to do it when I'm at the camp. And I never went back to camp, really. So I just never cooked. But uh, fighting the monsters th- themselves... I didn't like getting the patterns down something that I have issues with on occasion, but like mm-hmm. it's still easily easy and accessible enough. And if it, you do look up that kind of thing, it's, Oh, that's how it works. Uh, like it's very easy to pick up on. There's a, like the first couple times you fight a monster for the, like, uh, It'll take a little while to get used to it. And then you realize that uh, their moves will end up being the same, but the way they act feels different still each time, I find. So it's never predictable, but it's always, oh, it's going to do this move run. Well, and I think, and I think this kind of brings up a really good point that is a a fair criticism, you know, of the game. So at the beginning, there is a, there's a bunch of little like tutorials to sort of help get you going. And it's probably the most in-depth tutorial any of the, games in the series have had but it still falls well short of really truly uh showing you the ropes and there's not even like in the game system there's not even like as far as i know a good like encyclopedia or something that says here's here's some really you know here's exactly why cooking you know is good for you or here's exactly Mm -hmm. um like if you get the armor charm and the power charm how you make them and why they're important to carry your inventory like that I, i don't think that's explained anywhere in the game um there's a whole bunch of things like that. Uh, it's gotten better with the tutorials and stuff, but it's still not there. So my recommendation always with this series is I, I know people don't like to I don't like to do it. I'm a guy. I hate to ask for directions and, and, and I'd rather just jump into a game and start playing it. But you will get more out of the game if you at least partner with a friend who's an mm-hmm. expert who can talk you through some of these things. Kelly and I had lots of chats and stuff. Um, fought failing that. There are plenty of YouTube. We even have some at RP Gamer, by the way, youtube.com for slash RP Gamer. We have some getting started tutorials from Monster Hunter, but there's yep. there's much better ones, I won't, uh, yeah, I won't say, uh, that you can go and look as well. So that's what got me to Monster Hunter 4, by the way, was Pro Jared's videos. Yep. So, uh, because I couldn't figure that. You think it was hard to figure out in Rise, man, in freaking Monster Hunter 4. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's why I asked Ryan that exact question, because I didn't get into Monster Hunter until 4, because when I tried to get into those games in the past, they just kind of plunk you in the world and make you figure it out. And the Pro Jared videos are like, no, you're not doing it right. Here's how you Monster Hunter. And I'm like, it's fine. Just just start with three, you know, and do this swimming quest. You'll be fine. Oh, it'll be great. Yeah. So I I was curious if Ryan, Ryan, you know, watched any videos or did any kind of quote unquote prep or just went in cold and finding out he went in cold, just telling me that the the game is doing a little bit of a better job of teaching new players how to mon hunt more or less. I I still think I still think that there's some things that they can improve on, though. I 
I didn't do, and I probably should have, like for some, like I've mentioned earlier about like Insect Glaive being intimidating, Charge Blade. They have uh, training arenas for that, like for specific weapons where it's like you have to win this fight using this weapon have Mm -hmm. have at it and i didn't do those that much because there didn't seem to be like that like other than learning a reward so i'll i didn't have the opportunity or i didn't take the opportunity to learn some of the stuff that i could have which meant that i just fell back on some of the easier weapons to try using because some of them like of any of the long-range weapons would be more fun i think in a group trying to do it solo with a bow gun just seemed like okay i don't know what, like why and so i'd swap yeah. back using another weapon like uh, a hammer or the hunting horn or a sword because they're something i'm more familiar with and feel more at home mm-hmm. yeah right. the, the, yeah definitely uh you know, the range uh with the bow guns it's a little tougher in solo um, yeah. You can't use like a tanking palico to kind of help you out with that. That does some ta- taunts and stuff will help you out. Uh, but generally speaking, I'm with you. I, I don't generally solo bow guns. I usually save those for groups. I think the other thing that they need to improve on is teaching people about armor skills. Oh, oh yeah. 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 And part of the problem there is you can get through a lot of the game. You can probably just get through the entire game without really using them. But really doing the hardest content you really need to spend some time figuring those out and i don't think they've ever come up with a good tutorial on like hey you should look at those things that are on the armor you're equipping yeah. instead of just getting a set of one monster and calling it a day because i i have to admit i don't like that that ui for that um it's not, it's, it's not the best I, I wish that it did a better job of explaining what each thing did without having to figure out, okay, well, what button do I press to bring up the, that inf- bit of information? You know, it, it, it could be better. It could be, it could explain a little bit better with less buttons, yeah. put it that yeah. way. It, it'd be nice if they had something there, because that's where a lot of like the build crafting comes into play mm-hmm. for the series. And you can really bring out some of the true potential of some of your weapons. And it's something that's been opaque in basically every game. So uh, maybe someday they'll, and, and you know, maybe it's just something that they're just going to leave to the highest level players. And maybe that's fine. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. I feel like they need some kind of basic tutorial there to help get people started. Yeah, I found anyway that. Uh... Like weapons and armor. Now, again, I went through village and some of the lower end stuff, but like the actual equipment itself felt almost interchangeable. Like, oh, this is the next level of gear. Like, oh, I'm going to equip a Magnamalo gear over the Azuchi gear, but I didn't feel like I was like taking any less damage. It felt like stat wise, looking at the numbers, it's like, oh, you went up from 145 to 150. And like, does that, like, how big of a leap was that? It was hard to judge it because it came down to like how uh, how well you were able to take a look at the monsters and uh like counter or use your yeah. abilities use the wire bug it didn't matter as much what you had equipped or it can make a big difference when you dig into it and i think to some extent what you're saying is probably by design to keep like the lower level content kind of level mm-hmm. yeah I get that. You, you know, it's 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 interesting. Um, I, I've always felt like Pokemon has done a good job 
of making the base game be accessible but if you want to get into the you know the higher higher level iv ev professional pokemon training stuff that that stuff is in there and i wonder if monster hunter needs to take kind of a page out of that book uh i think that they honestly kind of do already the problem is like that super high level you usually have to wait for an expansion (laughs) yeah to get that yeah yeah uh, but I, f- I feel like the master or the G or what the heck did they call it in the world? Was it something else? Or was, was it, it icebreaker? Yeah. I'm just mean what the rank was called. Oh, uh, I, I world don't know. master rank. It was master rank. Okay. Yeah. Just those, that highest level content where the monsters are like really, really hard and really tanky. And that's kind of where you get that. I think uh, I've but been... it, it would be nice if that was in the base game and you didn't have to wait for an expansion. Yeah, or, or I don't know, maybe a lower, higher rank, if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, there's, there's always rooms for improvement, and I feel like this is a series that it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like they're, they've ever really rested on their laurels. They're always trying to find ways to change and improvement, improve it. Like, even in Monster Hunter Generations, which you look at it, and it seems to mostly just be like a greatest hits of the series, they tried new things in that even so yeah yeah, yeah. you I, can you may not like the changes but yeah. at least they're trying to to, to change yes. it not just releasing yeah. something with slightly better graphics yeah i've i've been with the series like i said since pretty much since freedom and the first freedom and i haven't played one where it felt like oh they that they they're just resting on their laurels and there's nothing new here and it's just another one of this now it always <laughs> it always feels like they're not satisfied um, with the mechanics and want to find ways to improve it. And I think that's great. So in other words, they're not doing the Pokemon thing where it's just no. the same thing. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the only time I thought that was playing Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. And that was because I didn't realize at the time that it was just Monster Hunter Freedom 2G. i'm sorry i don't mean to dunk on pokemon it's just they have done the same thing for 20 years and i know they do that because if they tried to i mean look at how bad people got when they tried to change things up a little bit in sword and shield but i don't want to get it this isn't a pokemon one this is a monster hunter one i'm just saying i I do think Game Three Freak could uh, take a little lesson from Monhan. Maybe uh, I feel like there's a lot, a m- lot more under the cover in that series than there is in this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, that, Cy- that could be an entire podcast. <laughs> Cyril says, "Crap Guide to Monster Hunter World" was a surprisingly informative series for being joke videos too. So I haven't seen that one. I'll have to go and look that one up. Yeah. Well, um, do we have anything else to add, or do we want to take a break and go to the round table? I think we kind of covered everything. The music is I'm... as good as always. Oh, okay. yeah. It's always good how it ramps up when you're fighting a monster and stuff, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that, that sounds like a resounding yes. We're going to have a brief musical interlude, and then we're going to come back with even more personal thoughts about the series. So stick around. We'll be right back.
RPG backtrack where now we're getting into the round table. This is where we get personal. Um, t- talking about our favorites, our least favorites, what we're doing in our life when we was playing said game. Um, just just a, a little more cozy approach to the talk. Not like we weren't being cozy before, but um, the, the obvious question here is uh, what, what's your go-to build? Gunlance. Yeah, in, Insect Glaive. Like when I'm fighting a really tough monster, I'll generally go with Insect Glaive though depends on the monster but my my where i feel most comfortable just because i played so much in world is insect glaive insect glaive is great but yeah i, I like gunlance because it to me it feels like the perfect mix of defense and offense so obviously you've got the shield so you can be very tanky but at the same time that thing can put out all kinds of damage if you know what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah no and those big shields like with you know the same thing with lance those big shielded weapons uh very handy for some of the tougher, faster monsters. They just want to be all jumpy, especially in solo. You can just sit there and tank it all and then just counter and punish them the moment they let up. Um, I, I said before, I, I am a horn main. Um, I'm <laughs> to, to be honest, I'm not very skilled at this game. I tend to button mash more than try to fight with finesse. So being able to have a constant regen and a, a easy heal kind of it lets me kind of compensate for me sucking. Uh, I played a lot of solo, and uh, I took advantage of having a palamute and a palaco. So longsword allowed me to. Uh, that's my main. It's it was very simple and fun to use. Uh, seemed to have the best of everything. So like wirebug, you're able to use with it. You can counter. You can uh, chain combo hits. Uh, but whenever I took too much damage, I would just run away and be like, go after them for a while. The longsword is very, very good. Um, though I, I will say, um, even though we're not talking about Sunbreak, I did dabble a little bit with the greatsword in Sunbreak, and I liked what I played with. Um, very jumpy, very... Uh, well, I, I like weapons that let me direct attacks, um, so, and that, that had a lot of that. So um, yeah. if, if I do end up buying another version, I, I might main long, or great sword. I, I, yeah, I, so I took a bit of a challenge because when I started streaming the PC version, I have a couple of, of my favorite people that watch the stream, and, and they would talk about, some of them are like, oh, I can't play Monster Hunter, it's too slow. And, and <laughs> you, you can't beat these monsters with these slow weapons. Like the weapons are so slow. I should say not that the game's slow, but the, the weapons are so slow and unresponsive, uh, you know, and the such. So I'm like, you know, challenge accepted. I'm going to play a great sword, um, which usually I'm in Seclave, I'm dual blade, I'm sword and shield. I'm usually using these faster weapons, but I want to, you know, prove a point. And I got through... Um, most of the monsters just using greatsword because it is nice. it's all about calling your shots yes you commit to attacks i think what people forget because they're so used to playing games where it's very easy to cancel your attack and roll away um or whatever it is in monster hunter when you commit to an attack you commit to an attack now if you want a faster there are still the dual blades the sword and shield and whatever but with weapons like the greatsword what you got to keep in mind is you commit to an attack, but so does the monster. When the monster takes an attack, he doesn't get to cancel and roll. He, he, he doesn't, does, it's not a thing. So all you have to do is watch for the monster. Instead of just going and wailing and then getting punished, you do the punishing. Wait for the monster to take the attack. He commits to it and punish him. And, and you know, I will admit, I, I don't like games that have physics with the uh, weapons. And, and I, I know that sounds stupid st- saying it out loud. Like, oh, you sh- things should feel heavy. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just, when, when I'm playing a game, I don't want to feel like I'm 
uh, like I uh, like <laughs> I'm a weakling like I am in real life, you know. Um, but this game, you know, even though the weapons feel heavy, they don't feel they they, they still still feel good to swing. If they that feel makes impactful, any sense. yeah. And I think that's one thing a lot of clones never could figure out is just like how impactful everything feels. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then uh, another kind of obvious question for this series. Um, do you have a favorite monster? <sighs> you know, you want to say Kezu. You know, you no, do. No, Kezu. no. Kezu. Do it. horrifying. <laughs> do it. My favorite is Pookie Pookie. He's so cute. He's so colorful. And I fell in love with him when I was playing Monster Hunter World. And I was going after a different monster. But um, I was in the desert. I still remember to this day, but you're in that that oasis part that's in the forest, a covered forest there in the corner. And uh, and I just see a Pookie Pookie there, and he's just lapping up the water. And I just stop for minutes and just watch Pookie Pookie lapping up the water and playing around and frolicking or whatever it is Pookie does. It was very fun to watch. I'm like, this guy is so cute. Too bad I'm going to kill him later. <laughs> Uh, but but Phil, monsters are friends, not loot. Well, I know I, there was an article about that. Don't get me started. We'll be uh, don't get me started. The lady who wrote this article. No, don't don't no no no. Technically, uh, it wasn't an article, but okay. Um, uh, I, I I think mine would have to be Zenogre. So brutal, so vicious. Yeah, it's got like one of the best musical themes in oh, the series. Yeah. Oh yeah. And when that music is playing and it goes into like its super electric form, it is so freaking cool. Yep. Okay. You know it's on. It's, you know it's so on. good. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, that one. I, I'm still new to the series, so I was trying to remember who Zenogre was. <laughs> so I have trouble with names, the names sometimes, but Z- Zenogre, the uh, yellow and blue uh, zappy boy. Yep. 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 It's the one that was introduced in one of the few games that didn't come out here. That being <laughs> uh, Monster Hunter Portable 3rd, which was oh. the best version of Monster Hunter 3 because it has no underwater fights. <laughs> Instantly makes it a winner. Yeah. Um. What about you, Brian? Uh, Looks-wise, I love my sleepy Leviathan, a Mizutsuni. Yep. The, oh, yeah, uh, so shoots the uh, bubbles out, and it's just so colorful, and just looks like a, a great large monster kind of thing. And by that, I mean, it's not just, like, powerful. It's a, oh, I can see how people, like, depending on a culture in a game or something like that, be like, this is, like, a guardian deity type thing, and just the uh, elegance behind it. Yeah, uh, no, I... I love that one. It's it's beautiful and it looks like a fairy tale creature, uh, and think, it can kill you very oh, quickly. Yes. <laughs> uh, factoring in when it uh, fighting it, Magnamalo uh, has great music with it, yes. and just every time you fight Magnamalo, it's like okay, now it's fight time. Yeah, and yeah, Magnamalo was who I was gonna say, or, or as I called him, Marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> Because, um, I mean, I love how it looks. It looks like a, a big kitty cat, but uh, kind of like a Temple Guardian kitty cat. Um, and, and, and I love the design of that amiibo. I, I almost bought a Magnamalo plush, but um, backed out just because uh, I, I felt like I didn't need to spend $40 on another plush that was going to take up space. And now I'm kind of regretting that. Maybe I need to pick when I go to Japan in October. Maybe if I see one, I'll pick it up. I want I, one of those. Damn it. Because, gosh, that thing is so cute and um, so nasty to fight. 
Uh, I'd throw a special uh, honorable mention to Rathian and Rathalos, which are kind of just the series mainstays, mm-hmm. which are just kind of like, these are dragons, but yeah. they're very cool dragons, and they've always been very good fights. I, I like that they look like dragons, but kind of don't look like your typical Western yes, yeah. fantasy dragon with the, with their ears and the kind of beak. And the poison tails. <laughs> yeah, they. Um, I had to fight Rathian like a bazillion times because I love the... Hey, I think it's Rathian. Because I like the princess uh, rapier. And I had to keep farming it to get it upgraded. But mm-hmm. after like fighting it a dozen times, you really grow for an appreciation. <laughs> and now I'm like a Rathian master. Like everyone still struggles, and I just run up and I know exactly where its tails are going to be. I know exactly like if it does a tail swing, I'm already right there where its tail's going to be when it lands on the ground. So I'm already there to attack its tail and chop it off. Like so it is, yeah, it's so it's a fun fight. Oh, to, to be controversial, an honorable mention on my end, just because it looked so different to everything else, including in the creepy way, is Kezu. I actually really like the design of that one. As someone who likes who's on a creepy thing kick, I do appreciate that Kezu can freak me out. Uh, I really like the fact that that his theme song is Silence because he's, he's kind of blind. He works on sound. So he needs total silence so he can scream and figure out where you're at and use like that bad echoing thing so he doesn't have a theme song. <laughs> it's like really sets the tone. Like, you know, you know it's Kezu. Well, at first you're thinking your game glitched and there's no background. You're like, what happened? It's Kezu. It's not a glitch. It's Kezu. <laughs> so uh, segueing in- into that, uh, out of that question, who is your least favorite monster to fight? Oh, I am so glad you asked this. I <laughs> almost forgot to talk about this in the last segment, and now you brought it back up. Oh, you brought it back up. I'm going to let you go first. Um, anybody else go first while I look up the name real quick? I, okay. I, I remember, I'm bad with names, it, and I, we brought this one up before. It's the uh, the, the goat monkey. The shot? Yeah, because that one, I have carded more times to that one than I think any other one. Mainly because I was kind of missing its tells, but also I, I get some. T- I, I'm very bad about zigging when I should have zagged, and I just go right into the last fire. And I, I feel like that's the only one I do that with, because ev- everyone else I'm pretty good about dodging, but that one I just I don't know. I c- I couldn't get the hang of fighting that one. Okay, I got it. Abushi and Nar- Nara, the final bosses, essentially. Oh I yeah, load them. Because all the stuff that makes Monster Hunter fights good, it, they, they're, they, they almost throw it out the window. Because you got, first of all, I don't like their design. They're like drunk dragons that look all deformed. And they're like floating. They look like they're just high off a pot or something as they're just kind of floating through the sky. And then you get into their fights. And they have these BS attacks that cover the whole screen and whatever have you. But the worst part of all is like, it's if they have tells, I can't see them because they're so damn big and they're floating up in the air that keeping the camera focused on them while I'm trying to dodge all their attacks um, is very, very difficult to do. I honestly don't think, I think they just say, and electricity and whatever just keeps spewing out of them at all kinds of different angles. Um, it is, not, we're, in fact, so we're playing through the base game now and we're like and as and, and almost every week somebody brings up phil you know we're gonna have to fight them again and i'm like oh don't remind me we we we, we wiped against those guys so hard uh 
because it is just so hard to, to manage all of what's going on there, that tomfoolery, and keeping an eye on them. I swear it's I, tougher multiplayer than solo, and I don't know why. I don't like those things because they have a t- the type of attacks that I hate, where it's like concentric rings that you constantly have to jump over mm-hmm. that I could never get gauge the depth of, and I always end up hitting them. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty. It, yeah, no, it's pretty bad. I don't think anybody likes those final two boss fights. I like those final two boss fights. <laughs> well, you're you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan, did you have a hated one? Uh, most of like his bouncing back and forth. Uh, I didn't necessarily fight the same thing over and over again. Like I lost to Magnamalo, but that felt like an epic fight. Zenogre was mm-hmm. very fast, felt like it was an epic fight. So like the, I had mentioned in the previous uh, spot there, Great Rogi just bugged me because I keep kept losing for no reason to it. But it, it seems it's too plain to be hated. So I was trying to see if I can find a design that made me go, okay, you know, I'll fight it, but not overly thrilled. And the closest I could come to that, which just means like, I guess I'm disappointed, not even hated or at least is a a tetranodon the big frog thing that just kind of sits there and blows up and like it it doesn't look uh, the greatest or imposing and it doesn't move around doesn't really have a fun fight to it it's just the the most plain i could think of um and you know what's interesting about that is honestly i was kind of disappointed in him too only because i had fought in monster hunter uh for um xanthos i think it's called the big uh shark the ice shark. Oh yeah, and, that one. Yeah, and here's the thing. And in, in in Rise, there's the little tiny versions of those in in, in mm. some of the in the in the water. Something and the Big Brother is going to be around somewhere because I think that was actually just a hilarious. I remember the first time I fought him, and you're fighting this big shark creature. It comes up out of the ice. He starts attacking you, and then halfway through the fight. He blows himself up really big. I laughed my ass off. I could I was like, this was the most hilarious thing in the world. Um and and then and, and that's what I was expecting was cool shark boy and I got duck bill boy. I'm like, oh I wanted shark boy. I thought he was gonna come up later on. I mean, how hard would it have been to put him in at this point? He's probably just a, a skin yeah. uh, if you got the other guy in, but nope. That's makes it even more disappointing to me because I love those little shark creatures in that map. Yeah, he's like the big brother. Jeez. Yeah. The cl- closest we got is, uh, I'm going to pronounce it horribly, I think, but the Eurototus is probably the closest, I'd say. One where it's uh, scales underneath the, like, goes through the water and shoots uh, oh, mud yeah. at you. Yeah, the, the mud, yeah, yeah. He, he's there, yeah. yeah. I'm the biggest fan of the ones who go under underneath. I gotta remember to bring more Sonic Bombs. Yeah. He's in the water. I don't know if Sonic Bombs work on him. Definitely uh, work on Diablos, though. Um, it's Tetranodon it, it frustrates me because I can't pop it like a balloon. <laughs> Should be able to pop it like a balloon. Uh, one I hate fighting, but I actually think is really awesome, would be Narjakuja. Which always absolutely wrecks me. But I think it's one of the coolest monsters in the series, so I can't totally hate it. Mm-hmm. To, to me, it looks like uh, Toothless from yes. How to Train Your Dragon. And, and because I love Toothless, I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for Narcoo But you're right, that they thing can't crack. Yeah, they move very <laughs> fast. So it, did, did we say 
Did we say every one of them? I think so. Because I don't know if you said a least favorite. Oh, Devil Joe. Ugh, Devil Joe's horrible, but I don't know if he's in this one. Do you see a Devil Joe in here? Uh, did they add him? The, oh, well, the, the name doesn't ring a bell. Okay, well then let me... I think it's, uh... Oh, uh, and the, the, the pink T-Rex is another one that I'm not a fan of fighting. Yeah. Aginath is so much fun. He just wants a little nibble. That's all. It's when just... it when it goes full rage mode, when it's on fire, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna die. Um, yeah, just remember his his fire for the most part just kind of goes forward. Just want to be to the side of that, beating him on the head when he's doing it. It's great. I must have just been lucky, or somehow the way I play. But I remember when I first fought him, like, oh, it's a big T Rex. This is gonna be imposing. And I found it to be the only, like for me anyway, the biggest drop off in difficulty at at that point. Oh, no, like, okay, the, unlock all these yeah. things. I'm like, Aginath is so simple. Yeah, some of the giant ones, giant slow ones can be pretty easy. Uh, I think least favorite, I'd have to go with, uh, I guess the name of it, uh, thing that's just like a bear. No, 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 Diablos. I hate Diablos. Oh, yeah, Diablos oh, is yeah. a prick. Screw Diablos. Freaking jumping down. In the, I hate monsters that go down the sands like, look, I'm invulnerable. <laughs> and now I'm going to jump up and gore you. Oh, some of us is like, oh, this is a minor annoyance. That one's like, this is going to kill me, and I'm going to be enraged. For a second there, when you were saying the barrel, I'm like, wait, you hit Lajombi? No. The zombie oh. I call the giant bunny. No, not that one. That's that's Those not are the one I was talking about. Anyway. I was thinking is uh, the big bear. Yeah, no, not not like yeah, not that one. Not the one that like slides on its belly. This one that's kind of just a generic bear. Yeah, His name I can't remember. Ozerosis, oh. I guess because yeah. it sits down. Yeah, and eats the honey. Yeah. yeah, it's just kind of this. Is, this is boring. Why did you bring this? Why did you bring this one back? <laughs> Um, so, so then the final question we always ask on Backtrack, uh, you have special memories of this game and what you were doing in your life at the time that you were playing it. Oh. I, I know that it was less than two years ago, but I don't know. So, sometimes sometimes I have special memories pertaining to games like this. So um, any, anybody want to go? So for, for me, it was a bright spot in my very dark part of my career because um, I've been working in hotels for nearly two decades at that point, but COVID was right. Um, had been out for like a year or so. And what happened is the business was starting to pick back up. We had let go of all the staff. It was really hard to get anything done because there's so much to do and there's no one to do it. And then your bosses are coming down telling you that we're never going to get back up to, to normal staffing again, right? We're never, it's never going to happen. It's never going to be a thing. So it just seems so bleak. And this was like a, a, a really bright spot you know, that I could go and play this and this came, you know, dropped for review and stuff. And I was able to jump into that and play that every night. Uh, thankfully, I got a new job like two months after it came out. So by the time I was like wrapping it up and writing the review, it was time for a new job anyway. So it came at just the time you needed it, huh? Mm. Um, what, what about you, Wheels? I mean, I never forget the announcement where I was, I had to go to a Target in the morning just as that direct was happening. So I was sitting in the parking lot just kind of watching it before I went in. And it started right away with the announcement and. Oh, it went so crazy and then just I mean it was just kind of a rough time in general when it came out so just to have this 
to play with so many different people online it was such such joy um and that's honestly what i remember about i'll remember about it most is playing with different people online i uh, like my my sister's a big monster hunter fan too so um we did lots of hunts with her and some of her friends and it was a lot of fun this game rules <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan? The, for me, it's the... When I saw it, because I, I, I saw the uh, uh, Phil streams on it, and I went, this game looks not like how I remember Monster Hunter. It seems like an approachable game. So when I had got the opportunity to uh, take a look at the PS5 version with so many Monster Hunter people on the staff, it was the only like possibility I could have to uh, almost have the excuse to jump into a franchise. And being able to do that and just the uh, reaction I had some, from some of my close friends who are Monster Hunter fans when I was like, hey, look at what I uh, oops, I just released this review. And they're like, wait, you played a Monster Hunter? And to just be able to say yes, and I enjoyed it. And other than that, a funny memory I associate with it is because I would get so lost in the game for a bit, like one more hunt, and then I realized that I'd eaten for a while. I had uh, a bunch of limited time gingerbread pop tarts, and <laughs> they're no longer sold anymore. So anytime I think about gingerbread pop tarts, I'll associate it with Monster on a Rise. Oh man, now I want gingerbread pop tarts. So I thought that you could get those around Christmas time, almost I've, without fail. I've. Uh, I happen to be in Canada. I haven't seen them until this year, so hopefully they come back around the Christmas yeah. holidays again. But I haven't seen them for a few months now. There's, there's some stock left around. Uh, it's still in the winter. I haven't seen any since early February, though. Well, hopefully they'll come back for Christmas again. Yeah. Um, as for me, I, I feel like I have special memories of this game because it was the first um, Monster Hunter that I got to play with with my RPG gamer friends. Um, because you know, I play I played Monster Hunter Four, but I got it kind of late, so I think everybody else was kind of done with it by the time I got to it, and I never had a chance to really get into it. And then World, I really wanted to play, but it came out at a time when I just had no time for that type of game. And Rise was like, I'm making time for this type of game. And just playing with you, you Phil, and Spare Hombres, and Chris um, on, on, on Friday nights was just a blast. Um, just, just sitting there laughing at the cutscenes and ma- making dumb jokes while we're on the Discord call. And... Uh, all of that was just so funny to me, <laughs> and to just put my my one solo memory is, and I've I've found this, I the, I love the switch and being able to take video, and I'm sorry, podcast listeners, you're not going to get the full experience of this, but I I had a, the game glitch out on me in such a way that I was fighting Magnabolo, and all of a sudden he just froze in mid battle. Uh, <laughs> Like, like up up in the air, mid-jump just completely just went stiff. And I'm like, okay, so th- this is an interesting glitch. And I start wailing on him. And he stayed like that for like a solid 10 seconds. And then uh, f- finally unstuck and just like f- fell to the ground, on, uh, just, just fell on his shoulder, went ass over tea kettle. And it was the funniest thing I think I've ever witnessed in a game in my life. Just a random glitch like that. <laughs> I, I've never been just just playing a game and just had a month and it, it must have been lag or something. Just have a monster just completely freeze midair and then ten seconds later fall. 
Uh, and and I'll never forget, never forget that moment. And I, I have other funny moments, but I can't talk about them because they were sunbreak ones. <laughs> but this this is one of those games that I have felt has made me feel so badass playing. Yeah, no, it definitely <laughs> does. And, and we still, and that's why we still play it even to this day. Uh, my group, we're we're still playing for Friday nights. We play tomorrow night. Absolutely. Um, for, for Friday, re- Friday for podcast for, for the people that are going to listen to this later. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow could be any day for a podcast listener. But, right. Um, yeah. Ryan, did you say yours? Uh, yeah. Uh, just how uh, the, the, with the pop tarts and uh, right, the, right. Uh, I, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. It's getting late, and my short-term memory is oh. dying. <laughs> But yeah, um, I, I guess thesis statement of this whole podcast is Monster Hunter Rise is the best monsters Monster Hunter has been in forever. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get enough of this game when it when it was out, and I couldn't get even more enough of it in uh, when Sunbreak yeah. hit. It's one of those games where you can start digging into it and just fall down into a pit of fun mm-hmm. for a very very long time. One of those ones, it's like, okay, I need to put you away because I have other games I need mm. to play kind of thing. Um, I had to do that with Theater Rhythm recently, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this was a fun show, talking about a fun game. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, th- thank you, Phil, for having me on your show. Anytime. And, and thank you, Wheels, for showing up. Not, not that I had to twist your arm or anything to talk about <laughs> Monhan. Talk about Monhan, man. Um. Am, am I going to have to twist your arm in two weeks for Final Fantasy VII Remake? No. <laughs> You're going to have to twist my arm to get me to shut up about it. <laughs> uh, oh, the, the, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. The gushing is going to be very, very real. Because uh, uh, when I found out that game was even being made, I, I cried. I, I, I was in a p- parking lot, and I literally sat at my phone and <laughs> cried. And like, it's happening. It's finally happening. Uh, I was a big Final Fantasy VII curmudgeon, and I absolutely fell in love with that game and I all mean, the characters in it. And, and I, I was <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so, sorry, Phil. I know that there was a certain game that you said you'd kick us off the show if we said it was our favorite. <laughs> well, it's not. But, it's not the real Final. Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. It's a. It's a new Final. It's basically the real Final Fantasy sixteen. <laughs> not that new thing that they're working on. That looks like it could be anywhere in Europe. Uh, I'm going to give it a fair shake. It looks interesting. Um, yeah, I think wait. it looks bad, but it's Final yeah. Fantasy, so I already have it pre-ordered. So, so do I. I observe judgment. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll wait to see what the reviews look like and stuff, but I stopped pre-ordering Final Fantasies after 13. Burnt me good. And I oh, haven't seen no. anything since then to restore my faith. It's not like 13, you know, 2 or Lightning Returns or 15 were pre order worthy. 15 arguably had some pretty good moments in it and stuff. Lightning but it Returns is great. Everyone needs to stop drinking I their Haterade. Peter, Peter loves it. Peter's it's great. Peter, yeah, Peter, Peter, Peter adores it. I have it. I played it a little bit. Yeah, it's it great. Just uh, skip all the story that you can. Enjoy, Just all the enjoy the great gameplay. You know, and we have a Lightning Returns backtrack on our short list. Um, so 
I'm, I'm burning material for it right now because I can't find enough people for it. But <laughs> Lightning Returns was one of the most charming Final Fantasy games I had played at that uh, in a decade at that point. That's just crazy. some of the little things in it that just made me smile. But to find out what, you'll have to lobby for that backtrack. Well, I'm uh, looking forward to it, to, to y'all's discussion, I mean. Yeah, I mean, the the game kind of hit, hit me where, in the not just in the nostalgia, but just in the feels, so... Um, I, I, I'm chomping at the bit to talk about it. I just, I'm having trouble coming up with a skit. <laughs> How do you make fun of that which you love? I don't know. You know what would be funny? Just, like, find a cutscene from the game and just have us do that verbatim. <laughs> For how uh, I, ridiculous some of the dialogue is. Yeah, no, I mean, mm, it, some of it's kind of corny, but that's what I love about it. No, uh, I got, I got an idea in the back of my head. I just need to flush it out some. I just thought of a uh, punny possibility of, uh, you'd be making fun of the other uh, Final Fantasy thirteens though by trying to say, "Look, finally, hope has come back," and then it's just. <laughs> Like Hope walks in, be like, right, and goes, "Hey, Hope, how's it going?" Because now uh, there's hope to the franchise. Uh, the the one character in that trilogy that I hated that they kept bringing back. Listen, he's annoying, and that's accurate because kids are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, and, he, and you have kids. <laughs> yes, he's an accurate portrayal of a a kid. <laughs> Not the lovable characters they often come up with JRPGs. He is. A true to life kid character. Oh, Snow killed my mom. Well, maybe your mom was a dumbass kid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's a take. <laughs> Hot takes. It, yeah, I wonder if we, I know we had a, a 13 back in the uh, pre reboot, but I wonder if we need to revisit it just because I need to get some stuff off of my chest. Um, Mainly that pe- people were haters back then, and the game's perfectly, perfectly fine. Yes, not my, not it. my favorite Let's in the series. It. Not, not my least favorite. That still goes to two. So I can't push a better hallway simulator. <laughs> hallway simulator. No. Oh no! Oh no! I'm, I'm putting it on the list right now. Might be the hallway simulator. <laughs> every dungeon in Final Fantasy IV. I'll take <laughs> boom. I, I, I know. Say, I, I will. I will say. I, I will say. Uh, I was not the biggest fan of 13 at all. I have yet to finish it. I just can't. However, my complaint wasn't wasn't about the hallways. And I did I did find it ironic. They were like, hallway simulator, hallway simulator. I'm like, every Final Fantasy game is a hallway simulator. Now, sometimes they give you the illusion that you're not in a hallway yeah. because oh, okay. you can see these other lands. But then the mountains are in the way or there's a little 80 enemy in the way or whatever. Yes. But, that game has issues that linearity is not really right. that big an issue. No. It's well, well, taking too long to open up the combat system is the main issue. What, what got to me is people complained about that with with 13, but 10 was just as bad about it. Oh my god, uh, it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And Alex pointed out to me that 10 did a better job of hiding it, but it's not still Not to me. Not to me. <laughs> I because agree with 13's a lot prettier, and it feels a lot bigger, and everything in 10 is just kind of felt small. Yeah. Well, oh, I, 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 I hate I hate like bashing one to bring up another because this is a series where um, there's not there's very few games I actually dislike. So. No, same, same. But you know what? I put it on the list. Maybe we'll schedule it next year because it sounds like I've got baggage and there oh, might I be stuff. Several... I'd love to. I would love to get rid of some baggage too. 
Yeah, because you ruined the original, weren't you? I think so. The tr- triskaidekaphobia, which <laughs> I'm pretty sure arguing about people online about Final Fantasy 13 was what eventually led me to being part of RPG. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, yeah, that has been more than a decade ago, so maybe we do need to revisit it and see, because now now that's come full circle. People like it. That's (laughs) how these things go. Yep. It's all a big circle. Oh, um, Thank you, dear listener. Sorry for that little tangent. Um, Like I said, next time Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'm sure there's going to be opinions. Um, Play Monster Hunter Rise. It's a good game. Yeah. Come see us at our Twitch channel, our uh, twitch.com slash, or it was twitch.tv slash rpgamer, where you can see Phil playing Monster Hunter Rise every Friday. Um, it was a fun show, and I th- thank you guys for hanging out with me. And thank you, listener, for listening to the show. We will be back in two weeks with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>